Here we go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. You are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadou, and I got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Joy Ann Parker. She's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Joy Ann at the top of the hour. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, podcasts, and so much more. And you can vote in the Independent Blues Awards. The voting has opened now. In the meantime, I've got some great new music I know you're going to love. And some great new artists I just can't wait to introduce you to. And of course, I aim to misbehave.
up, walk outside my front door, look up and I sigh. My trouble stretches on before me up into the sky. The eagle floats along the breeze and laughs at my despair. I walk across the field to the mountain standing there.
Here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. like this.
Black 
nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV and commercials or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood. That's how they trap you in 
together Free martinis Sunny weather Chicks in bikinis Monkey junk
and they set up at the mall. They leave with a stack of orders for all the boys can haul. Then it's back up to the crib, straight out to the shop. When the last name on the list is done, that's when they can stop. And after it's delivered, well then the party starts. And the help is sitting in.
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Joy Ann Parker. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
from her brand new release and we got joy ann on the line right now hey joy ann how you been hey you're doing well thanks very much well thank you for doing this uh doing the show uh now it's been a while since uh, we've had the opportunity to kind of talk to each other um and i always like to start things off by giving our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are not only as an artist but as a person and the best way to do that is through your journey so give us the story of joy ann parker all right well long and short is i've been playing music my whole life started when i was two singing in church started playing piano when i was four always been a musician you know since i can remember and i Went to college for music. I have a music degree. I went to be a band director. So I taught music for a few years. And then um, 
I was raised in the church, too, so I did church music all through my life. And then when I, I taught for a few years, and then I went into the again back into church music and um, led, I was a music pastor for a while. And about, well, geez, 11 years now, probably ago, I was in a contest, a singing contest with a band, like a live band thing, and um, I won the contest, and at the end of the contest, a guy came up to me and said, hey, my friend's starting a band. Uh, I had sung an Aretha song, and so he said, well, that's the kind of music that they want to do, and would you be interested in singing this band? And so I had no idea if <laughs> who this person was, but I said, well, have your friend call me. And um, I joined this band, and we started doing covers, blues, blues and soul covers. And a couple of years into that, I started writing my own stuff. And uh, with that band, made it to the IBC uh, in Memphis and met a bunch of people there and just started networking. And um, that band eventually faded, and then I started uh, recording under my own name because there was a different name at the time. And so then I took my own name, started recording under Joanne Parker, and made uh, um, on my third record now as Joanne Parker. And it's just been um, slowly but surely developing who I am and the sounds that I like and uh and yeah and so we're just here just still touring and working and um that's about it I think that's the that's the short story <laughs> okay well let's talk about this new release Roots um what is the story behind this what was your inspiration in putting this particular uh record together I think I gather inspiration from a lot of things. I'm constantly writing, and so, you know, I know a lot of people's writing styles are different. Like, some people write for a record to record a record, then they go and sit down and they write a bunch of stuff, and I'm just constantly writing, and so I have lots and lots of songs, and um, I would be recording all the time if I had the money. I would just constantly be making records because I have so much music. But I think I just grabbed um, the songs that had, had just come kind of bubble to the surface for me to that I enjoyed at the time and and put them together. And um, all my songs are always stories, you know, and so a lot of them are uh, inspired by, by things in my life or, or things that I see in my friends' lives or other people's lives. And so, uh, yeah, I think I don't know that there's any particular... Uh, inspiration, you know, for this record as in is like a theme or something like that. I mean, there's a theme. Um, the Roots name is, is kind of a theme itself, but there's a story behind the title anyway. But but the songs, I think, are just ones that I enjoyed at the time, and we just started working on as a band. Then we went, let's, well, let's do these. I had to stop someplace. I had to pick. I picked thirteen. I could have kept going, but we stopped at thirteen. <laughs> okay. And now, where did you get the the title from? I mean, what what does that um, kind of denote for you? Well, I'm a cover. That's me. I'm in the in a snowbank in my yard, just off of my yard in Wisconsin. Um, I moved. I grew up in Wisconsin in a small town, and I moved to Minneapolis and lived there for almost 20 years. And then in 2020, we moved back to Wisconsin and to a small town in Wisconsin. Not too far from Minneapolis, but, but just back over the border. And, uh, I really felt like I had 
it was time for me to go back to my quote unquote roots and as and also I talked about this with Out of the Dark, my last record too. I've been doing a lot of uh, inner healing, emotional healing, and just um, figuring out how to be a better version of me. And uh, that required me going back to my roots and figuring that stuff out. And so there, there is a lot of, of transformation, I think, going on in, in this record. Okay. Now, let's talk about you as a songwriter. Uh, when you sit down to begin the process of writing, where do you draw your inspiration from that kind of gets things flowing that taps into your muse? Stories. I'm, like I said, I'm always telling stories. If I I need to have the, the, the plot in my head, and then I'm able to take that. I start with a, a good chorus, and uh, the... the um, attention grabber write the title or or whatever that hook is going to be and then I, I just write the story so i started i kind of start with the, the punchline and then i go from there and wrap the story around it okay now um a lot of uh songwriters have adopted some of the technology today as a tools in their toolkit whether their cell phone to capture ideas or a home recording studio what are some of the tools you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer? <laughs> still my still my pen and notebook. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm pretty old school. Uh, I still write with a pen and notebook, and I've, I've sat down and do some co-writing with, with younger people, and they go, what are you doing? Um, but the, the phone is helpful, though. I, I do capture a lot of uh, you know, ideas on my, on my phone, um, you know, when I'm sitting around trying to come up with riffs and chord progressions and, and things like that. Or if I get hit with an idea out in, you know, in on the road or something, the phone is definitely very helpful. And also to, to send things to the guys, you know, the band go here, here's something, you know, so definitely, definitely I hate, I have a love hate relationship with my phone, uh, but it is, is definitely helpful for those things. Okay. Now, you know, one of the big, um, buzzwords right now in the music industry is artificial intelligence um there is ai tools to help write lyrics there are ai tools for chord progressions and melodies and even orchestration you know laying out bass parts and drum parts and yada yada uh even ed sheeran admitted on uh swedish radio that he utilizes ai lyric uh writing software to kind of use as idea uh, generators, you know. And we as songwriters, we're constantly listening for that phrase, that thought, that idea, uh, whether it's in conversation, on social media, or it's, you know, just something that, that, that strikes us in the news or whatever the case may be. So it's not a foreign concept to utilize sources to find ideas uh what do you think of this the whole thing of artificial intelligence and how it is going to affect the music industry as we go into the future especially songwriters i feel really dumb on this subject because i am super isolated i try not, i try to even avoid 
you know, the media and stuff because it keeps me more peaceful. I have been uh, hearing a little bit here and there. Honest, honest to God, my, my, I think it was my bass player who told me about this the first time, this chat GPT thing or whatever it is. And I went, what are you talking about? I feel really old. So I'm just starting to, to figure out, Richard, I don't even, I hardly know anything about it, but um, I can tell you that, what did I watch? I watched somebody... Oh, who was it? There was an artist talking about what um, I saw in an interview saying that this was going to be the end of organic songwriting because you can apparently said I am kind of ignorant on this subject, so I, I sound I sound like an old granny here. But um, apparently, you can just you know put stuff in and it writes it for you, right? You can put some information in and it writes it for you. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Uh, I think. What I have found is that people still crave authenticity and they mm-hmm. crave human connection, uh, even because I think we are st- social media. So all our, all our relationships go through that, through social media and through our texting and all these things that uh, people do still crave that real humanity. And so I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if, if you can tell the difference, I guess. Well, uh, or know, if it's going to be so good that you won't be able to tell. <laughs> well, you know, I grew up um, a long time ago, uh, and I've seen a lot of changes in the music industry. I was around when MIDI first came onto the scene, and drum machines first came onto the machine and onto the music uh, industry, and the whole industry was in an uproar over the drum machine. That was a biggie. Uh, because mm-hmm. you're, you're taking the human feel out of the music. Uh, in the mm-hmm. 70s, you know, MIDI was big because, you know, you didn't have to be a musician to create music. You can go into the studio and producers now were able to create full tracks without a band. And that, sure. you know, the industry just went nuts over that. I mean, how dare you take away the work of a studio musician you know, and because it was it was economical, uh, but now it's it's part and parcel. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. in every doll you bought you buy, you get you know synthesizers and MIDI and and drum machines, and it's become part of our um, toolkit, so to speak. A lot of songwriters utilize now MIDI and drum machines and so forth, even just to sketch out a song. Um, so you know the tools are just that they are tools you know we're constantly looking for that inspirational phrase or that something that's going to spark us if it comes from ai or it comes from a meme or it comes from your friend next door that happens to say something witty um what's the difference you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting I, I don't have a full opinion yet. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know enough. But it, it is definitely. It's well, definitely it's, very interesting. I go ahead. Yeah, if you get a chance, go to uh, go on the internet and look for bored human. And okay. In there is a lyric generator where you can type in a title, and then you can type in in the style of, and then you, oh, wow. and then just see what it comes up with. And you'd be surprised. Oh, wow. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it writes verses, choruses, bridges, pre-choruses. Oh. 
I mean, it's just really just freaky. But wow. what I found wow. is that by doing that, I don't necessarily like the full version of what it writes, but it comes up with some pretty inspiring lines that could be mm. utilized in a variety of songs that you may be writing in the future. Just like, like I said, you know, whether you hear it from your neighbor or a meme or social media or the news, you know, inspiration is still just inspiration, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. I guess I'm really old school. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, listening to this last release you put out there, old school is working pretty well for you so far. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a great release and great songs on there. Um, Thank you. Now... Of course, you know, every songwriter has that moment where they have to stop the writing process and allow the song to go into production, give it to the band and the producer, and allow them to kind of put their fingerprints on it. But you got to get to that point. What do you use as your quantifier to kind of determine when a song is ready to move to that next phase of its life? That's an interesting question. Uh, I think every... They're all different, of course, right? Um, they because they're all little living, breathing things to me. Um, I usually come up with like the important pieces for whatever that song requires, right? So if it's a, uh, if it if it's a bass line or if it's a, a riff or whatever it is, um, it that that has changed. Now, as I have gotten people in the band that I trust, it's interesting. Uh, so this is a really interesting question because uh, we have um, a new bass player within the last year, and uh, Chris Bates is his name, and Chris is an amazing musician and really just gets uh, what we're doing. And so I feel like I can say to him now, here, take this and let me see what you do. Of course, there's always, you know, I can say, well, you know, let's tweak this. But when you're really on the same page with somebody like that musically, it's a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm actually more eager to give it to them because I want to see what, what, what they can do with it. Um, Producer-wise, you know, I don't, I, I produce most of the songs are, are mostly done by the time we go into the studio. But, and that goes the same with Kevin, my producer, there are some things when I, when I'm working with Tim, if I have a song and I go, well, I'm going to, I could keep going, but actually I want Kevin's touch on this one. I want to see what he wants to do with it because I love what he does. And so I think I just kind of measure it that way. Um, because I do want the people that I'm working with to, 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 to expand on it. Right. Because that's why I'm working with them. I want them to take it and put their, their touch on it so i think that's what i'm thinking mostly is when i go okay the band can take it from here because i want them to expand and uh i don't need i don't need me to to do that baseline chris is going to do a better job at that you know like i could but 
So I, I think that's the beauty of having a great a band, right, for, for one thing, of, of a group of people that you're constantly working with. And uh, that's not, I don't think that's super regular these days. A lot of people don't have a band, a quote-unquote band, that they work with and tour with and do all the things with. So I'm really blessed to have that. And uh, now that we are, you know, so used to one another, we we kind of get it, and they understand what I'm doing. It's really cool. So I think that I think that answers the question. That's a that's a that was a very interesting question. Um, okay. well, good to think you. about. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, of course, once you get it recorded, you got to get it out. Um, you have to create your buzz and get it to you know, press and radio. And you're working with Karen. Uh, Lipziger. Uh, I always mispronounce her name, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, Lightziger. Lightziger, <laughs> yes. okay. Um, now, you're working with Karen, and uh, tell me a little bit about that relationship. Well, this is our third record together. Uh, Karen's just a veteran in the industry and uh, has the connections that I need to, to get those reviews. She's, she's mostly press, so um, she just has a lot of great connections and get this out to, to people like you to listen to the record and, uh, get people talking about it and, and get some, get some reviews and, and so people go get interested in, in buying it and listening to the music. And she's just really good at her job. And I trust it's another person that I, that I really trust. Yeah. She's, she is very good at what she does. Um, now, um, tell me about the lineup on this. Tell me who's playing on this, uh, record with you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for, for, I think oh, Scott was in the last one too, but we've I've had the same band now, mostly, like I said, with the addition of my uh, new bass player within the last year or so. So, still Mark Lemoyne is is still on guitar and uh, and vocals, and uh, Tim Wick has been with me. I think the next longest he's my keyboard keys guys. Uh, you know, B three any any key stuff we've got going on. That's Tim. And uh, Bill Golden on drums, and um, he's been with me quite a long time now. And then Chris Bates on bass, and he plays upright and electric bass. And um, Scott Graves is in my band, my touring band as well, and he plays um, he plays trombone on a couple tracks on the record too. And then the rest of the the people are uh, are guests stars i guess spots uh, doing strings and and things on there i've got strings and marimba and um chris cruzy is one of the uh guys i sing with and he's an up-and-coming country uh, singer he was on the voice but he lives just down the road for me and we're good friends so he's singing with me on the uh, the scotty girl song because we're both from wisconsin <laughs> okay now um let's talk a little bit about the industry um we we all know now that you know streaming is the way the consumer has uh, adopted um, to consume music. Um, it's easy. It's convenient. Uh, they don't want to store things anymore on their shelves. They don't want to store it on their on their devices. So streaming is just way too convenient for them. And for ten or fifteen bucks a month, you have access now to pretty much everything that's been recorded in the last hundred years um you know and being someone of my age i have bought my music on uh vinyl uh bought it on on uh, a track uh, i've bought it on cassette 
I purchased it again on uh, CDs, then I did it again on downloads. So, you know, even at my age, you know, the, the economics of it just makes more sense. But the problem that we have now for especially independent artists is recorded music is no longer a product to purchase. It's now a service. And it's really hurt, I think, the independent artist community more than most of the industry, though the whole industry is having issues with it. Um, how has it affected you as an artist so far? I I don't know. Um, we still sell a fair amount of product, surprisingly, at shows. Um, I think that people don't pre-order though, like they were. I've noticed that this time around, um, I think they buy them at shows because they feel like a, a piece of memorabilia, if that makes sense. A lot of people say, well, I don't have a CD player, but I'm going to buy, I want something to take home with me. They want something I can sign for them. So what I I think I've noticed so far with this release is the pre-orders are down. Uh, I don't know if they're pre-saving maybe on, uh, you know, Spotify or whatever um, that way. I'm thinking they'll do that. But uh, I I think it's turning into, again, like I said, memorabilia instead of, because it it is exactly what you said. They don't see it as, they see it as a service. so we'll see. I mean, I hadn't noticed it so much until this, this time around. Um, I think COVID changed a lot, a lot of things. We could talk about that for a long time. I've noticed a lot of changes, a lot of changes this time around now since, since COVID, just with a lot of things. Well, I mean, so we'll see. Yeah. I, well, I mean, let's face it. You can't get a CD player in your new car. You can't yeah. get a CD player in your new computer. Um, yeah, you can't go to Best Buy and walk over to the CD player section anymore because it isn't there. Um, mm-hmm. Once that hardware disappears, the software is right behind it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have to look mm-hmm. at the future and say, okay, this format is going to disappear. And we mm-hmm. are left with streaming as our main way of getting our music to the consumer this is how they're Mm -hmm. listening this is how they're you know uh i mean let's face it most people listen to music when they're in their car you know that's where the cd player in the car was such a great you know innovation for artists is that you know people would take the cd and put it in their car and listen now they just stream it the uh, the problem that I see with streaming is that the way that the economics are working right now, especially for the independent artists, it's not a sustainable business model. We cannot continue to pay artists in such a way that there is it's impossible for them to recoup their investment on a recorded project. It has mm-hmm. we yeah. have to look at this as is some way to change this dynamic on how the economics are running in streaming. Um, you know, uh, you, you take the guy who owns Spotify. 
you know, he's making more money than the top 10 or maybe the top 20 artists that are on his platform. That's insane. Um, mm-hmm. Billboard magazine had an article out that stated that of the billions of dollars that are generated by the music industry, only 12% ends up in the artist's hands. And that's taking into account all artists, your Taylor Swift's all the way down to your independent artist. That's a terrible statistic. So, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I... Right now, the, the uh, you know, SAG-AFTA and the Writers uh, Guild are all, you know, trying to deal with this whole thing with residuals and streaming and, and how the companies are, you know, are, are kind of uh, uh, restructuring things in such a way that they're not getting, you know, what they used to get. And it's become... Yeah. It's becoming non-economical to be in this in the business because you can't, oh yeah you know it's it yeah. becomes more difficult to make a living so we need to change and one of the yeah. things i've been watching i mean the digital revolution we both have gone through it we've seen this evolution and the one constant that i've noticed is that it, it constantly changed companies came and companies went you know we had LimeWire and Napster and everyone said oh Napster will never go away well it's gone more or less mm-hmm. uh, then iTunes came along with Apple and everyone said hey Apple's going to own the music industry forever with these 99 cent downloads in their iPods well all those iPods are sitting in the kitchen junk drawer now just collecting dust um, so it's constantly evolving and Spotify and Pandora and these streaming services are going to have to evolve as well. Now, there are some new services that have been developed that utilize this new technology that cryptocurrency uses to secure itself. It's called the blockchain. And Mm -hmm. one of the big advantages of this blockchain-based streaming service is that no person or company can own it. It is strictly owned by the users that listen to the music on the service and the artists who put the music up on the service. They're Mm -hmm. in control of these streaming services like Audius, Emanate, Audio Lux. Uh, Audius is backed by Katy Perry and Jason Derulo and um, Nas and Pusha T, a lot of EDM artists. Um, I'm even putting up my podcast up on Audius. Uh, and they're claiming it takes 20% of the incoming revenue to run the network. The other 80% can be siphoned back to the artists themselves which I think is a much better business model than what we're looking at now with Spotify, who has this magic formula that Mm -hmm. they use, but never tell you how it's used to determine how much you get out of the streaming services. What do you think of that as a potential future? I'm up for anything uh, besides the fact that I was just listening to Spotify this morning and then I went, 
this sounds like crap. <laughs> the sound quality is not even any good. I went, what are we paying for? Uh, so you're, you're stealing my money and you're making my music sound like crap on top of it. So um, I am, uh, that sounds great. I, I do, it, it is impossible. I mean, you spend, I'm spending over $30,000 to make a record when all is said and done to, you know, to promote it and do all the things. I mean, you can't, you can't keep that up, you know, thank God for my fans who would do the, the crowdfunding and it covers part of that. But, you know, yeah, you, you, you can't, us people down here just toiling on the ground can't, can't do that because we're not Taylor Swift and making a billion dollars on tour. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that sounds great. If, if that's, hopefully that will become a viable thing and people will move over there. Not to do that, but but yeah, I mean, you know, you used to you used to be able to go to a, a festival and sell a thousand dollars of merchandise, you know, right. just of CDs, and uh, that you do a few of those a summer, you know, you make a good chunk of change. But um, yeah, it's got something has to happen, or else we're just well, uh, you know, people like me. Then the quality is going to go way down, right? Because I can't afford to use Kevin. You know, I'm not going to be able to go make a record in the studio in a great studio with a Grammy winning producer, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that, that's hopefully that's, that's a viable thing. And that happens. Well, yeah. And you know, the other thing too, is when you look at the quality of the streams, one of the things that you can do with these new blockchain based streaming services is that you don't, you're not restricted to this, you know, super compressed MP3 format. You can put up mm-hmm. wave files or FLAC files if you really want to get insane. So you can mm-hmm. bring to the to your consumer a much higher quality product um, mm-hmm. that sounds, you know, like it came out of a studio. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. always frustrated with the MP3 format and how music is is destroyed when it goes up to the streaming services. I mean, I've been you know, a recording engineer since 1980, I sit here in my studio and just my speakers, I mean, I've got several thousand dollars worth of of speakers here that are designed specifically to eke out every nuance of a mix Mm -hmm. or master. And then I got to, you know, bump it down to an MP3, you know, at 128 so it can stream. I mean, that's... It, it, it's very frustrating to get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Now, um, one other thing that I noticed too, is that you had mentioned about the crowdfunding and even that is evolving, uh, into something very unique, um, in the way that it's taking the place of what would be traditionally a record company kind of thing funding you know um Mm -hmm. there's a site called royal.io and what they allow you to do is to create these non-fungible tokens these nfts that represent a small portion of your streaming royalties or a small portion of your publishing royalties on your songs now uh, the rap artist Nas utilized this site and he made enough NFTs to cover 
one half of the streaming royalties on two songs on his last release. He sold them to his fan base and was able to generate almost $600,000 in upfront income. Wow. Upfront funding. On top Mm -hmm. of that, he now had 3,000 fans that had an economic interest in making sure his music is streamed because they get paid when the music Mm -hmm. is streamed. So they're out there pushing the streaming. On Mm -hmm. top of that, these things are bought and sold on the open market, on what they call open Every time they are resold, Nas will get a portion of that commission, a commission off of each resale for the life of that particular NFT. And that's pretty much forever. So it's still going to be generating income for him as it goes down the line and gets bought and sold through this, like almost like stock. I mean, could you imagine if we had this opportunity to buy into Let It Be or Born yeah. in the USA or, you know, one of those songs, you know? Wow. I mean, yeah. This is a way to engage your fan base at a much higher level than just a GoFundMe page where they give you a donation and then you give them perks where in this scenario, they actually are investing in you um, and then getting a return economically for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of that as a model? That sounds great. I mean, something has to change. The, you know, we have to pull the rug out from under this. So, yeah, anything that, that puts it back in uh, the hands of the people who care, frankly. I mean, these are people who care. So that, right. that sounds good to me. I mean, these are your fans. I mean, the industry is going to go through a dramatic change. This, yeah. You know, no matter how we slice this, technology is going to take us to places that we had never imagined it would take us. The key now for us as independent artists is to make sure we have a seat at the table, to make sure right. that we are there at the, at the beginning of these technologies so when the big corporations open their eyes finally and they say, oh, we got to get in on this and, and start, you know, uh, seeing how we can make it work for us, that we're there and saying, no, 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 you can't because this is ours now. We, we, it's, it's a direct connection between fans and artists as opposed right. to having that, all of those middlemen in, in the music industry. Uh, and I think that is where we're headed. And even the record companies are starting to realize that because they're investing into legacy catalogs in order to hedge their bet. They're not really developing new artists. They're buying into catalogs of Bruce Springsteen's catalog, the Beatles catalog, the, you know, the, uh, the Prince catalog, whatever the case may be. So that's what I think yeah. where they're putting their monies, you know? Yeah. 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 I just read a, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but it was, um, Steve Lukather from Toto and everywhere. And they, you know, he, he wrote a post about kind of this, this 
this stuff going on, and it was really interesting. One of the points he made was that record companies used to used to invest in an artist and take them as far as they could go, right? And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, keep them going. And now it's opposites, like, what's the flavor of the moment? So, um, yeah. So, that, yeah, I, I think that there needs to be some kind of big change like you're talking about. And, and there always is. I mean, just thinking back to the Napster thing got me thinking about that. <laughs> that whole, I was like, that was going to be the end of all, right? It was, oh, this is the end. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. The companies, oh, we're all going to die. <laughs> and we're going to be penniless. And, you know, and we did survive. You know, and, yes. and, and you know, I find it kind of funny um, that, you know, we're, when you really look at where the industry is headed, I mean, it's it's inevitable that the artists need to take control over um, their own music and their own uh, business. And having a direct connection to the fan base and giving them the opportunity to invest in an artist or into a song, you know, that it is is going to be huge. I think the only thing that we need to do at this point for this technology to really ramp up is to take the whole crypto aspect of it and put it at the back end and leave the front end at dollars and cents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We we have to isolate uh, the public from cryptocurrency because they're a little skittish on that. And I, and I don't blame them. You know, it's, it's uh, it's not it's a very volatile mar- market. So right. once they isolate the cryptocurrency aspect of it uh, away from the consumer, and the consumer has a economic um, engine that they understand, then they're going to adopt this new technology. You know. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Now. Um, you had mentioned earlier about how um, COVID changed everything, uh, and it did. It changed um, pretty much every aspect of the independent artist's life, from you know uh, losing so many routing venues when you go out on tour. It becomes even more difficult to to route a tour now because you know you may have festivals that have started up again. But all those little clubs that you played on the way to and from a festival are starting, you know, they died out during COVID. You know, several years, it was a tough, tough road. And a lot mm-hmm. of artists, when, when COVID hit, they they hit the internet. They started to do live streams. And then as weeks turned into months and months turned into years, they started to realize that the fans wanted more. They wanted to have a personal connection to the artist. They wanted to hear about your life. They wanted to see, you know, your 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 living, your your real world outside of uh, music. You know, the hobbies, the the children, the the barnyard animals, the pets, the you know, the kittens and puppies and. And, you know, my wife, every night, she sits in bed for at least an hour and just flicks through puppies, kittens, and babies, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I mean. You know, just, you know, yeah. uh, you know, just watches puppies, kittens, and babies for an hour and then goes to sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's become part and parcel of our world where content creation and social media marketing has become an important aspect of an independent artist's life. It's become the new branding opportunity. You know, you get someone like a Taylor Swift who's constantly uh, addressing her fans and giving her fans this this view of her world that's created this brand of who she is in the minds of her fan base and in, in the public in general. Um, what are some of the things that you are doing with social media and, and content that's helping you create and and um, establish your brand and get the word out on this new release? Um, I'll be honest, social media has been hard for me for a while uh, because I feel like I did, I did, I was doing it a lot and um, I was, um, before COVID, I was, you know, doing the parent pickup line thing. I would always, every day, I would go live during parent pickup, but when my kids were in school, I homeschool now, of course, uh, but they, they were in line with me and then I would look at all the, cause people drive like idiots in the uh, school pickup line. And so I was doing this live stream every day. People still talk to me about that. Like, I remember your live streams during COVID. We built a pretty good rapport with people because we did a lot of live streams. We did a regular Wednesday and Sunday live stream where we did a gospel. show on Sundays, and then we did a all request hour on Wednesdays that built a really big, um, viewership and people now when they see me said, Oh, that really helped me get through COVID. Um, so I had to cut back a little bit just because I started homeschooling and I'm just super busy. But I think the one thing that I do when I do, um, post things is I, I keep it, I keep it personal when I, I always address people like I'm, I'm trying to talk directly to them. Uh, my email blast that I send out, you know, I try to be very personal. Um, I do let people in as much as I care to with my family, uh, with my kids and stuff. Um, you know, as much as I feel like I can with my children and, and let them see my kids and my kids are, no, they're older now. So it's, it's easier for me. I don't feel so weird about it. When they were younger, I felt strange about having them out there too much because it's a, I live in a small town. It's not too hard to find me. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I've been sharing them a little more and they are coming to my shows and my daughter is selling my merch. And so, you know, and people feel that they, they know my, my kids now when they see them. And of course my songs are very personal. You know, I've got on the new record. I've got the stay home mama song. That's about my kids. You know, that's, that's about my life. So I think pretty much everything I do is, is small town approachable because that's just who I am. And so I, I, I really made a conscious effort to stop trying to be somebody that I wasn't, which I felt like I had to do the first few years of, of this career, just trying to find an image or what, what have you. And then I just decided that it's much easier to just be myself. And I've done much better with people 
relationally, they, they, they really feel like they know me and they can come talk to me. And, uh, and I try to do that too. So not just social media, but at shows, I, I sit and talk to people and they know that. And so I think that's really important part of, of who I am and what I do. Okay. Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there uh, an Indie Blues double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. You know what? Turn up loud.
just old chums who fell out once and are trying to make amends. And if I try hard and close my eyes real tight, maybe I'll forget about all those times that you kissed me goodnight. 'Cause when I see you, I just don't know. independent artist or a fan that loves them making a scene.org is the place for you for the music fan we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music for the independent artist we bring you articles on music business recording techniques gear reviews and interviews with industry for professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
can see in her eyes when she knows that something ain't right. I just need to tell a friend, and that's where you call me in. Can you watch me suffer?
waking up mm, And my mind's a mess Cause I keep forgetting life's preciousness oh, Cause uh, yesterday's a history Tomorrow's all a mystery Someday we all gonna die Ain't nobody come back from that Except for maybe Jesus on high Home mm, precious impermanence uh, An attitude of gratitude I just gotta live my life on Stop asking why Cause yesterday's a history Tomorrow's all a mystery All I got is now What you want That ain't real happiness Seeking God in yourself That's just the kind of emptiness But if you can find a way To want what you get I'll tell you buddy That's the best thing I've found yet Cause yesterday's a history Tomorrow's all a mystery All I got is now
This is Lady Adrena. I am Indie Blues, and you are live from the Midnight Circle. This is Grania Duffy, I'm in Indie Blues, and you are live from the Midnight Circus.
life this morning down on Parchment Farm. Just give me life this morning down on Parchment Farm. I wouldn't hate it so bad, but I left my wife in moan. Goodbye, wife, all that you've done gone Oh, goodbye, wife, all that you've done gone But I hope someday you will hear my lonesome song
Wrap your heart around it all The joy will set you free You gotta sway like a willow tree No matter how strong the wind might be Sway like a willow tree No matter how strong the wind might be You gotta sway like a willow tree Spock, this child is about to wipe out every living thing on Earth. Now, what do you suggest we do? Spank it. Can't cheat the devil, he bound to win. They can't cheat the devil, he bound to win. Make you pay with your soul for each and every sin, you know. You can't cheat the devil, he bound to win. Will it tempt you with silver, tempt you with wine? Tempt you with silver, tempt you with wine. Might be the sweetest little peach, or she might be the ripest on the pine. Tempt you with silver, tempt you with wine. Can't cheat the devil, it might win.
sad sometimes When you lose the one you love And the pain don't seem to go away Lord, help me Give me your strength And help me wash these blues away The pain is really deep And my mind is on repeat Of the sorrow I feel On the inside Just give me the strength I need your help Help me Wash these blues away Now I need to feel the joy That I once had on the inside My heart is hurting It's hard to hide Will you just help me Give me your strength And help me Wash these blues away
You no longer have to hear the blues in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV and commercials or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood.
Sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks. moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
and fight Can't begin to treat me right You're messing up my life Every single night Fill up with all your lies About time I'm getting wise It's time to say bye-bye is a gift on my daughter's wedding day. He brings hope to a stranger And when he moves 
misery Won't you help me when smart people were considered cool. Well, maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon.
How could there possibly be this many blues? Dark shadow standing in a corner Big party but no one there to warn her Your kiss is like a death 
Bible where the Zan's on her hips. She can feel his breath on her neck Yo, kiss is like a death wish If she could, she would resist But the story goes just like this Your kiss is like a death wish. Your kiss is like a death wish. Your kiss is like a death wish. Go ahead, play your blues if it'll make you happy. When I came to this town, I took a look around. Said it was good for me, where I want to be. Keeping it up to see the daylight Yeah Tell you that's another night The set time And the wind Was long Hard and cold And no matter Where you come from You knew There's no other way to go now Most people Stars. Me, I love fast cars, I love the beauty cares Having a little fun, yeah In my heart I got a song, hey baby, for you I'm gonna play it all night long Let's party till the break it down, baby You know what I'm saying? It's another night at the city
dorms coming. You can just pull up your shows, curl up in a duvet, maybe even draw up a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice.
That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night, somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingthescene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight, add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadu. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor, things left on with my friend. I've gone, lost my dog.